This time on the Rule Right Radio podcast with New York Mike. Peace through strength. Yeah, peace at any cost is expensive because you don't get peace by waving your two fingers in the air and yelling peace. You got to do something for peace. You got to be strong. That cost, it costs a lot. And again, we watch in real time the people that we elect to go and represent us and keep us out of war. And it's, yeah, there's a conundrum. You keep us out of war by preparing us to win any war that we get into. The potential enemies in the war see us and say, wait a minute, we better not do that because these guys are ready. They've got everything we've got and more. We're able to project this on the big screen so everybody could see it. It's a miracle. It's amazing. And given this amazing miracle that we have at our disposal at our fingertips, right here in our homes, not just the TV screens, but the laptops and the computers, everything, so we could see everything going on any place in the world that we want to, shouldn't we all be educated and expose ourselves to the truth? And therein lies the problem. Whose truth do we believe? Trousers and motorcycle boots And a black leather jacket with his name on the back He does a patriotic podcast called Roll Ride Radio His name is New York Mike And welcome to the show This is Roll Right Radio I'm New York Mike It's Roll Right Radio I'm New York Mike And happy St. Patty's Day to everybody Yeah St. Patrick's Day. Man, oh, man, I got St. Patrick's Day stories going all the way back to, oh, my God knows when. But today we're going to talk about a few other things. We're going to talk about Zelensky's speech. I want you to think about this. I'm also going to talk about rolling to remember. I'm also going to talk about bikers inside the beltway. Okay, that's important. I'm also going to talk about Jesse Smollett. There's a lot to get to today. So let's get to it on this March 17th. Yeah, St. Patty's Day. The other day, we're watching Vladimir Zelensky, the president of the Ukraine, make this amazing speech in front of Congress of the United States of America, all of Congress. Now, let's just think about this. This is World War III. We're in it, okay? You got a fire pit. And it's not a fire pit. You're out in the middle of a woods with trees and everything out there. And there's a smoldering fire. And it's not a crazy wildfire engulfing thousands and thousands of acres. No, not yet. This is the beginning of that. Because that smoldering fire has no boundaries. There's no bricks around it. It's just, it's smoldering and it's starting to burn. It's been burning for days. Unless somebody puts out that fire. It's going to be a major wildfire. It's going to happen. It has to happen. Why? Because it's there in the middle of all this fuel, these trees and the greens, and it's there. It's going. And someone has to say, hey, I don't care if it's Smokey the Bear or Freddy the Firefighter. Just get in there and throw something on that fire and put it out. Otherwise, so that's what's going on. 
unless it's put out, this is going to be World War III. It's inevitable. It's the same thing we saw when Germany invaded Poland, except we didn't see it, did we? The world wasn't watching. And that's my point today. Think about this. Here's this Zelensky who has captured the imagination, the respect, the admiration of the world for what he's doing to save his country. He is a leader. He's both strong and weak and tired and energetic. He's everything. He's finding every way he can to fight this war. He's inspiring his people. He's motivating people to get off their asses from everywhere and come and join the Ukrainians in their battle against this, this madman. And I don't care what side of this battle you're on. I have heard all these things about Zelensky being a puppet, being a criminal, everything you can imagine. But I can only see what I see with my own eyes and everything is out there to be seen. Now, we're being lied to as well as we're exposed to the truth. You just take a look at, and I don't want to get off track here. I'm going to come back to this, but it, it's all part of it. Take a look at what the media is doing as Biden tries to explain inflation. Blaming it all on Putin and this war. Stop the war. If that war is creating what we're living with right now in America, this ridiculously crazy, wild inflation, $7 gasoline here in California, this is killing America. It's killing our economy. It's getting worse every day. Interest rates now, you cannot get a mortgage for less than 4%. It was less than 3%, 2.79, whatever, only six months ago. Now it's over 4%. Gasoline is crazy. People drive every day. The cost of food is going up, and it's going up quickly, and it's hurting the average American family. Don't talk to me about this class or that class or this income. I'm telling you, every family out there, oh, are there millionaires and billionaires and people so insulated from all that? Sure there are. Take a look at any of these Hollywood award shows, the Critics Award, the SAG Award, the Academy Award, the Oscars, the this, the that. Take a look at the audience out there, the people you all worship. The whole country's watching these people get their awards. Oh, yeah. I made believe I was Hansel and Gretel. I was in the play in the seventh grade. I was Shakespeare. I was Romeo. I was Juliet. I was this. I was that. Oh, that's great. They come up there. They get the host, the great comedians. It's entertainment. I'm not knocking it. But these people who have such influence on everybody in this country are also insulated from what everybody else in the country is living with. So what does this media do? But that's part of the media. You get, they, they're getting a message out. That's what the media means. So aside from CNN and NBC and CBS and the New York Times and the Washington Post, and they're all carrying Biden's water. If you just walked in and saw it was Putin's gas prices and Putin's inflation and Putin's, you go, yeah, there's, oh, yeah, well, the media says it, yeah. No, it's not Putin's, it's Biden's. And by the way, the other truth that's being just denied, covered up, a blanket is over it. You can't see it because no one's talking about it. Yeah, maybe Fox News is, yeah, maybe Newsmax, okay. 
AOL. Okay, the larger media that everybody sees and has this great credibility for why, I don't know. But all they're saying is that everything that's wrong with America is on Putin. If Biden hadn't stopped the Keystone Pipeline, so there's Jen Psaki goes out there and says, oh, by the way, she should win the Academy Award. She's a great actress. She's doing this great job. She's saying the Keystone Pipeline, it wasn't even going to be ready for two years. It's immaterial. As far as the leases, it's only 9,000 leases. Boom, her word carries. Because everybody carries her water. Her water is Biden's water. And they all believe that. But if he hadn't stopped the Keystone Pipeline, that Keystone Pipeline would be ready to deliver almost twice as much as we are now buying from Russia. Yeah, the Keystone Pipeline. And then psychologically, stopping the Keystone Pipeline was a major statement to the energy industry in this country. Oil and gas, all the fossil fuel, we are closing you down. Why? Because that was Biden's mantra all during his, uh, whatever you want to call it, his basement campaign. And that's what he kept on saying. He's going to close it down. And there, boom, first day. That's what he does. Closes down Keystone, closes down the other pipelines, Dakota Pipeline and Anwar, and closes down the oil and gas leases on federal properties. You know, it costs a ton of money. You don't just go in there. A guy like me who says, hey, there's a lot of money in oil and gas. I'm going to go drilling. No, it costs hundreds of millions of dollars. And they have to get it from, where did they get it from? Exxon, Standard Oil, this oil company. They're public companies. They rake in money. People stop investing because they go, oh, oh yeah, I'm not investing in that. So they don't have the money to drill. They got to be very picky. 9,000 leases that exist. The year before, almost four, I think it was 37,000 leases. And by the way, a lot of them are dry holes. They're wells that will not produce oil. You drill, you go down, you spend how many millions of dollars to do it, and it's a dry hole. So you, what percentage of those 37,000 leases will actually produce revenue, will produce oil? So what percentage of those 9,000? And are you really going to risk this kind of money and these resources when the government's just going to keep shutting you down? No, you don't. And that's what this administration did. One of the consequences, well, take a look at the consequences. The price of oil is one, but the other one is the war in Ukraine because Russia couldn't fight the war in Ukraine unless it was getting the revenue from the sale of oil and gas. And the other thing that Biden did was when Donald Trump was president, he closed down Nord Stream 2, that's the pipeline that sends gas from Russia to Germany and all of Europe so they could sell all that gas. Well, they have Nord Stream 1, that's true, been going on for a long time. Then they built Nord Stream 2 so they could be even more profitable, more successful, sell more gas, and Donald Trump shut it down. And Joe Biden opened it up and approved it and said, no, go ahead. I know you've heard this over and over, but think about it. The media is just not reporting any of that because we wouldn't see this war would not be going on because Putin would not have been able to finance that war. Oh, you're going to argue with me? You're going to say, 
Mike, come on, that's an exaggeration. That's right. No, it's not. It's just the way it is because he has the resources. By the way, the sanctions are not going to reverse it. They're not. Why? Because he's now selling that same oil to the same people. They're still buying it. And he's selling to the Chinese. And he's still selling to us. This is what's going on. So I'm talking about Zelensky's speech. And it was a great speech. But here's what I want you to think about. Everything I just talked about is out there to see, okay? You can see it. You know it. But the media tells a different story. And that's what I think 80% of the country, maybe more, believes, okay? They turn on the news. If they turn on the news, they can pretty much believe what the news tells them. Otherwise, they're not going to turn on that news. They'll all listen to Fox News and Newsmax. And they don't. ABC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, they all have audiences and they all believe them. And now all my conservative friends are going, I don't listen to Fox News anymore. Okay, don't listen anymore. Why? What did they do to piss you off? Oh, okay. <laughs> they got that guy. Yeah, they got that guy. And oh, yep, they called Arizona. Yeah, they make mistakes. They do things I don't like either, but everybody does. Donald Trump, do we miss him? I mean, come on. Did he have mean tweets? Did he say some things that were pretty, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say stupid. He's not a stupid man. But he did say some stupid things. Okay, so that nullifies everything else he did. Peace in the Middle East. Who in the world, who in the world didn't think 10 years ago that who said, no, there'll never be peace between Israel and the Arabs? Well, there you go. Donald Trump did it. And he would have continued to do it, Arab nation by Arab nation. And is it ugly? Is it, yeah, if you want to analyze every little bit of it, what happened with Saudi Arabia, you can go in because it's all there. Well, then why isn't it all there when we are watching in real time what this Biden administration is doing? You see it, they make fun of him. Yeah, he fell up the steps of the plane. And he, he's just horrible when he gets in front. But there are people, they are just fawning over him as they fawned over Bill Clinton. And what are they doing? What are they doing to the truth? Well, here it is. Just think about this. Because it's such a conundrum. When you look at everything we see, Zelensky's speech was amazing. And the world is able to see it. Think about if you could see Jesus Christ, the Sermon on the Mount. Imagine, imagine, turn on your TV set, open your computer and stream, and you get Jesus Christ in real time, the Sermon on the Mount. Okay? Moses and the Ten Commandments. Moses climbs the mountain, and he's up there for how long it is, and he comes down with the Ten Commandments. And he sees his brother Aaron leading his people in worshiping the golden calf. Oh, my God. And he just tosses down the Ten Commandments. That's what gave it the crack. Isn't it interesting? The crack in the Ten Commandments and the crack in the Liberty Bell, the bell that was rung in 1776 to announce the Declaration of Independence. George Washington's farewell address. Oh, my God. Imagine if you could, who was listening 
to the Sermon on the Mount. How many people were standing there? How many people were there worshiping that golden calf as Moses came down? And what did he say? What did he, imagine if you could just see it. George Washington's farewell address. Oh, my God. You hear about it over and over. The Gettysburg Address. Lincoln giving the Gettysburg Address at the battlefield. Imagine if you could see it. Or anything by Winston Churchill. If the world could have watched, if the world could have seen what we saw yesterday, the speeches of all the, I mean, and here's Zelensky. The whole world stopped and watched. Well, I guess the whole world didn't, but should have. <laughs> if you could think of a reason why a person who had the ability to have some magical access to one of the moments in history that I just talked about, and nah, <laughs> I don't want to say Jesus. Forget about that. That guy in the, no way. What? Here we have Zelensky making this great speech. And we have the ability to see that in real time as it's going on. And yes, the whole world, you know, I'm not saying it literally, but people all over the world can tune in and, and see that. How would that have changed history then? And how will we or do we take advantage of the miracle of this today? This is what should be an amazing tool to bring the world together, to create world peace, to recognize, to see the images that Zelensky was able to put up there for everybody to see. If you could have seen the battles of World War I, do you think it would have helped us to bring a close to that war before it got even worse? I mean, Galilope, all these, if we could have seen it all in real time, I know people, peaceniks, we'll call them, the ones who, you know, were anti the Vietnam War. And what if they could have seen what was going on, what I saw, the people of South Vietnam being massacred, not just by the North Vietnamese, but by the Chinese that helped them at the time, you know, the Viet Cong and what and why they would do it. What if they could have seen all that? What would have changed then? And what should change now? Is nothing going to help humanity realize the futility of war, the horror? I talked about this the other day. Peace through strength. Yeah, peace at any cost is expensive because you don't get peace by waving your two fingers in the air and yelling peace. You got to do something for peace. You got to be strong. That costs. It costs a lot. And again, we watch in real time the people that we elect to go and represent us and keep us out of war. And it's, it, yeah, there's a conundrum. You keep us out of war by preparing us to win any war that we get into. The potential enemies of the war see us and say, wait a minute, we better not do that because these guys are ready. They've got everything we've got and more. We're able to project this on the big screen. 
so everybody could see it. It's a miracle. It's amazing. And given this amazing miracle that we have at our disposal at our fingertips, right here in our homes, not just the TV screens, but the laptops and the computers, everything, so we can see everything going on any place in the world that we want to. Shouldn't we all be educated and expose ourselves to the truth? And therein lies the problem. Whose truth do we believe? We see Zelensky up there making his speech, projecting those images, and then we do what? Nothing? Yeah, 800 million additional. And then we say, no, we're not going to. Okay, I get the no-fly zone. I do. I get it because you don't want to send American pilots up to shoot down Russian pilots because that would probably trigger World War III right there. So we say, okay, we're going to avoid that. But we're sending all these weapons to the Ukraine so that they can fight off the Russians, okay? And it's the right thing to do. It was always the right thing to do. But why do we not allow the MiGs to go there so the Ukrainians can create their own no-fly zone? You know, I went from 29 MiGs to 48 MiGs and some other configuration that would allow them to actually be successful against a superior MiG force of the Russians. Yes, but look what they're doing. They've held off the Russians now for a month. The original was like, oh, they'll take them over in 48 hours. And then went to 72 hours. Now it's weeks and weeks. So you got to give him the credibility. You got to give this guy. So let's got to look at it and see leadership, see inspiration, see what energizes not just his people, but the whole world to say, yes, you could do it. It's David and Goliath in real time. You're seeing it. You're watching it. So why not help facilitate getting these Ukrainians, those MiGs, not just because you think that, okay, Mike, there's no way Ukraine's going to defeat Russia. But let's look at what's going on. I talked about it the other day. Zelensky's going to come to the table with Putin. It's inevitable. That's where they're going, okay? George Washington sat down with General Cornwall and made the deal, won the war, had an agreement. Did he win the war? Did winning the war mean that, okay, now we run London? <laughs> no. It just meant that we had an agreement with the Brits that said that we earned our independence and these are the conditions. I don't know what those conditions were. Yeah, sure, I studied it in school. But we didn't get into the nitty-gritty in the agreements. Nothing's different. So Zelensky will meet with Putin or his top general or his top whatever will meet with theirs and they'll somehow get together and they'll say, okay, we're going to agree to a ceasefire. And then they're going to agree the terms. And they're, they're going to. What we want to do is put Zelensky in the best negotiating position, giving him as much leverage as we possibly can. It's him doing it. It's not us. But by supplying him the means to continue to fight this war, and by the way, while this is going on and the Russian people are suffering, and yes, what we're doing with the sanctions helps. Give a hand to Biden. Yay, Biden. He's doing the sanctions. 
and not enough, it should be the whole SWIFT banking excluding Russia. It should be so much more. And we should be pumping oil and gas like crazy. So they never have to start up or they never will be able to start up Nord Stream 2 again. This is what we should be doing. We're not doing what we should be doing, but we're doing a lot. And Zelensky's doing a lot. And we're seeing it in real time. And if we get in those MiGs and if we get them a little more, at some point, the people in Russia are starting to get very impatient with Putin. They're starting to learn that they're beating up on an innocent nation. They're killing women and children. They're wrecking a country to whom they're related. They're cousins. There's no reason to do this. And as the Russian people start seeing, sooner or later, they're going to see this. This Zelensky speech is going to get out there. It's going to be among them. It'll be, you know, the underground. It'll start seeping up until everybody sees it. And people are going to watch that and other things. And they're going to start getting very impatient with Mr. Putin. And this could stop. This could be something that brings them to the table and gives Zelensky what he needs to go forward. Yep, he already said. You've already heard him say, look, there's... There's probably no reason to go into NATO. Well, if he looks at what NATO's done, maybe he just doesn't even want to be a part of NATO. Does he want to be a part of the European Union now after all this? I don't know. He's got to make that decision for his own nation, his people. But it's in all of our best interest to bring this to a close before this fire explodes into a huge wildfire that just burns down forest after forest. And that's what's going to happen if we can't get it to stop. And God knows with the tools that we have today, think about it. There's no excuse. The leaders of the world today, the members of Congress, the administration, with these tools, if you cannot prevent World War III, given the tools we have, you're useless. People talk about term limits. If this doesn't limit the terms of half of Congress, I mean, we're not doing our job. We have a job to do as people. We have to vote. Term limits, that doesn't work. More people will be looking away and watching whatever you want to watch. You want to watch the basketball games, the playoffs. You want to, you want to watch the NBA drafts, the NFL. Go ahead, watch it. Have fun. You should. I don't mean that as a uh, criticism of watching these things. We should have other riches. Our lives need, need to keep going forward. And that's just as important as everything else. At the same time, we can't stop holding the people that we elect accountable, both locally, because all politics is local, both locally and statewide and nationally. We have the tools. It's right here in front of us. We can see it. We can watch it. We can know are they representing us the way we want to be represented or not? Why do we have 6 and $7 gasoline in California? A drive across country. Yes, $4.50. That's high. I think the average in the country is now four thirty-nine or something. The average. For some lower, some higher. I cross from Arizona into California, and it goes from, what, call it four fifty. Give them the benefit of the doubt, the high number. I go from four fifty in Arizona to $6.00. Okay, okay, wait, I exaggerate. Five ninety nine. That's exactly what I paid. As I come through, go through Palm Springs into Riverside, boom, five ninety nine. 
from 450. What's the excuse? Are we watching what's going on in California? What are we getting for having this incredibly high, ridiculous tax rate? We should all be aware and make people aware. Am I having a Pete Buttigieg moment here? Because, you know, Pete Buttigieg, well, when gas is high, that's why you should buy an electric car. By me saying everybody should have TV and a, and a laptop, am I wrong in doing that? I don't think so. You know, I'm not an oligarch, man. I'm not a Pete Buttigieg who has that kind of power. Yeah, I equate the two because he's a member of the cabinet. That gives you the same amount of power as anybody, no matter how wealthy they are. You have that power. It might be in on a much lower level. <laughs> that arrogant? I don't think so. So I'm not trying to be. And I'm aware of the fact that not everybody can afford a laptop, but everybody that can afford a laptop, everybody that, you know, has access to all these TV stations and things. ABC, CBS, NBC, it's right there. It's there for everybody. So we can see what's going on. But we need to uncover the truth. And I got to tell you, there is another side. I have a lot of people and I've seen a lot of stuff that you got to look for on YouTube and other places, giving you the other side of the story of this Russian Putin's war, whatever you want to call it. There's two sides to every coin. Whether you turn that coin over or not, the other side is there. And there is another side, and I've heard it, and I'm not agreeing or disagreeing. What I'm saying is the war's got to stop. We got to put this forest fire out before it turns into the wildest of wildfires, quote, a world war. And we got to stop it. But what the Russian troops are doing, what Putin is doing, massacring people is wrong. Now, after this is all said and done, yeah, Putin had, had a reason to go in. And was he concerned? Has he been talking for years about NATO being on his border? Has he been? Yeah, he has. Is this the way to do it by massacring people? No. So it's got to be stopped. And we've got to do everything. Okay, what are we going to do? Give arms to Russia? No. You give it to Ukraine. You give Zelensky the leverage he needs. And I don't care if George Soros put him in office. Okay? If you want to say that, and I've seen that, people have said it. I watched Polly give a talk, and I appreciate the history lesson. And it may be true, but this has got to stop. So I want to talk more about Ukraine and Russia and Putin. But there are other things going on. And by the way, truth. I watched the movie, you know, Oliver Stone's Platoon. I hated it, by the way. I'm a Vietnam vet. I was there. So was Oliver Stone. So, you know, he's got blood in the game, man. I walked out of the movie and I didn't like it, but I will quote it because, you know, he said the first victim of war is truth. Truth is the victim when it's not exposed in real time for everybody to see. When truth is covered up, when the truth is, the truth is so valuable. When you disguise it, when you lie and cheat, it's all wrong. I remember when the Mount Soledad Cross, that battle was fought for years. And um, we lost the court case in 1989. And we fought and fought. It was 2005. March. Yeah. I think it was March 6th, 7th. The city council 
in 2005, that's 16 years, fighting, fighting, and the city council voted to tear down the cross. Now, I don't remember, because I was there when they voted, and they had it in the theater over there by City Hall, because they knew there were going to be more people filling the meeting than they could hold at City Hall. So they put it in some local movie theater over there. Guys spoke, so many people spoke, at least 40 or 50 people spoke against taking down the cross. But the city was going to be fined $5,000 a day or something. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was more, maybe it was like, but there was some, I remember 5000 a day that it was going to be fined for every day they didn't take it down. So they voted to take it down, and that was on a Tuesday, okay? So on Wednesday, we met at a local radio show in their offices, and, oh, there were 30 or 40 people in the room, most of them pastors, ministers, people who cared about the cross. And then there were those of us who were also veterans who cared about the cross and the fact it was erected as a monument to honor those who lost their lives. At the time it was erected in 1954 for those people who lived in La Jolla who lost their lives in the Korean War. And then it was expanded. Anyway, the point I want to make is that the host of the meeting, who was a radio show guy, he said, after we agreed that, you know, everybody was like outraged, you know, everybody gets a chance to stand up and vent and say something. And then he said, okay, we have to draft something to put into City Hall to stop this. And we have to agree on wording, but you can't say cross because the ACLU, who, you know, was behind this lawsuit, yeah, it was Philip Paulson. He was the guy, he was a, a Vietnam vet, a combat vet who I talked to quite a bit over the years and tried to make him understand, but he hated God because he blamed God for all the terrible things that happened. So he became an atheist. But it was really the ACLU that wanted to take down the cross. And so Robin Roberts, I don't remember, he says that we can't say cross because it'll inflame the ACLU. We just got to talk about that it's a war monument and this and that. And everybody's like nodding in agreement. And I remember I stood up and said, wait a minute. You can't lie. We're saving the cross. It's the cross. If that was a rifle, you know, a 43-foot-high rifle in a pair of combat boots, Nobody would be objecting to it. It's a cross. And everybody like looks. And I remember the guy, the radio talk show dude, and he's like, we can't say cross. We can't use the word cross. And we're not lying. We're not lying. We're just leaving it out. And I said, a lie by omission. When you're talking about God, oh, you're going to fool God in his name? You're going to lie in his name by omission? Like, oh, that's not a lie, that's fooling him? That doesn't work. And everybody agreed with me. We got the pastors and the ministers, and this guy wouldn't give up. You have to honor the truth. The truth is so important. So I went over and I met with my friend Roger Hedgecock, who had the really greatest talk show, I think, in America. And he always subbed for Rush Limbaugh. And Roger was so good and so intelligent. And we drafted 
a petition that began with, you can help save our cross. And I'm a Jew, but it's our cross. You have to be honest. And we won eventually. And then the cross is still up there all these years later. And it's going to be there forever as long as we want it. But you got to fight with the truth. You can't cover up the truth. You can't lie. And that's what's going on today. Let's get the truth out there. Instead, we're watching in real time Jussie Smollett. Yes, Jussie Smollett. Did you know that, yeah, he was convicted. They gave him 75 days. He walked out of jail today. Do you know why he walked out of jail today? He walked out of jail because he's appealing his case. And while the appeal is going on, he can be a free man. This is what's going on. He's appealing his case. Now, look, I've been abused, as most of my friends have, since Biden came in, well, way before that, since they started kneeling for the national anthem. I take that very personally, okay? I fought for civil rights in this country. I did. I was in Mississippi in 1963, a kid from New York City, fighting for the civil rights of black people, Jews, whoever else had to sit on the back of the bus, had to drink from separate water fountains, wasn't allowed into bars, restaurants, other places. I fought down there against that, okay? A lot of people did. A lot of people born in the mind. I'm not trying to say, I'm just saying that this repression of the truth is bullshit and it's got to stop. I am sick and tired of being told I have white privilege. I am sick and tired of being told I'm more than sick of tired. I am furious that I'm being called a racist, especially by this president and this vice president. And then all these so-called leaders of the, whatever the black movements are, they're backing Jesse Smollett. He's been convicted. Now, look, you could say alleged, 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 right up until the time he actually goes to trial, goes to court, the evidence is thrown out there. But we all saw it. We all knew it. Okay, you're going to hold back and say, we think he's a liar. You know, we think he's full of shit. It's funny, man. He hired these two dudes and the, the two brothers, and they're saying, we, it's all out there, but, you know, you wait, you wait. Okay, now he goes to court. He has his day in court. He's represented by his really high-end, expensive lawyers and law firms, and boom, ba boom, and he gets his date, and he gets his trial, and he's found guilty. And he should have been found guilty. That's it. Now, and of course, he's sentenced to 75 days, which I think is a joke. Guy should have been in jail for years. I think what he did was a horrible thing and a very backward step for equality, not equity. Equity, what kind of bullshit is that? Equity. You're going to take money out of my pocket and give it to some random black dude and say, okay, now we're getting closer to, to equal rights or whatever. Okay. We want to get to be a more perfect union every single day. And I'm all for that. And I think everybody else is too. So we're working to be better. We always working to be better. I'm not going to get into the, you know, racial thing versus whatever. There are other minorities in this country that have it a lot worse. Okay. Just my feelings, just my belief. We've come a long ways. And now Jesse Smollett, who 
fakes this whole thing. Proven in court. I'm not saying <laughs> alleged. He fakes being attacked. He fakes the whole thing. It's bullshit. He should have spent at least two years in prison for it. He's sentenced to 75 days. Okay, take it and move on. All right. Now he's going to appeal. They're going to appeal. What is clear in 75 days? What's your problem, fella? Do it standing on your stupid head. You know, you want to protest? Do it standing on your head and don't eat. Okay? Have a hunger strike. You could do that 75 days, which, by the way, you know, you're only going to serve, what, half of that? 35 days, 38 days, 40 days, a little over a month. You want to protest it. And who's paying for all this? I hope it's coming out of your pocket, pal. And I don't think it is, by the way. I think there are donations going from people, GoFundMe, Black Lives Matter, whatever it is. It's really an, an injustice. The truth. Just admit the truth, Jussie. Jussie, just admit the truth, okay? Just, just say it. You know what? I had a bad day. I was wrong. I should have. Okay. Do it. Maybe Biden will give you a pardon. Pardon me. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you can. Don't do this. This is wrong. Again, the truth, man, is so important. If I wasn't going to call this Roll Right Radio, I would have called it Truth, Justice, and the American Way. That is so important. But I, I don't want to say we've lost the American way. We haven't lost it. But we're losing it. Because if we don't appreciate and understand the value of truth and the enemies of truth are all of our enemies, because without truth, we have nothing. And people are going to point back to, oh, we were lied to by this president. We were lied to. You know, there's perspectives. And perspectives are not truth. It's people's reality. And so I understand that we all have different perspectives, and I get that. But there's also truth, and we always need to be searching for the truth. And I don't think that you can see things the way we see things today in real time and make believe that you haven't seen the truth. The truth of the matter is that Biden shut down the Keystone Pipeline. You've heard that now for the, what, the 100,000th time in the last few months? He shut down gas and oil leases on federal properties. He has caused the price of gasoline. And the spark that set off this wildfire of inflation was just that. What came lately to the game and exacerbated it was Putin's war on the Ukraine. Yes, yes. And then all the other things, yes. But what started this wildfire of inflation was Joe Biden, the Biden administration. Every time I say Joe Biden, I realize it's all these people. The left wing, you get a glimpse of these Democrat Congress members and senators talking about the Green New Deal, talking about climate change. They're all so obsessed with it. You know, the truth I want to find out is why. Because you got to follow the money trail. 
How much money are all these people making by doing all this? There's got to be some reason. It is so stupid and illogical. Joe Biden is only doing the bidding of the left wing of the Democrat Party, and that's a big wing. That's a huge wing. It's not just the squadron or the squad or whatever they want to call themselves. It's a lot more than that. This guy, Raskin, whose wife, you know, they put up for some major something. They just took her out. <laughs> yeah, have you ever heard him speak? Oh, my God. Listen to some of these Democrat Congress members. Listen to Chuck Schumer. My God, what are these people thinking about? How are they dealing with Iran? Right now, they're dealing with Iran, and Russia is at the table. And Russia and China and Iran are sitting in the room, and the United States is outside. What are we doing? Why don't we see these things in real time? If Vladimir Zelensky can speak all over the world, speak on real time, speak to the United States Senate, he spoke to the English Parliament. He, this man, is good. that's a leader. Let's see the truth. Why can't everybody else, if Jesus Christ was living today and given his sermon on a mount, every camera in the world would be there. That message would get out everywhere. If Winston Churchill had this kind of a platform, we probably would have been able to stop World War II he would have exposed Hitler. He would have exposed what's going on. He would have exposed the concentration camps. It's not that we didn't know it. We didn't have a leader. All we had was FDR. Yeah. So the leader was Joseph Stalin. That's who we followed. Nullified only by the leadership of Winston Churchill held back by FDR and Stalin. We need to hold each and every one of them accountable. Some of them will be fine, they'll stand up. But then again, of course, you've got a country that has been brainwashed to think global warming is here, right there, right now. And if we let it go another 10 years, the globe will be destroyed. Well, they told that to us in, in the 90s. What's the truth? We have all these tools at our disposal. Let's find out the real truth. Rolling to remember is coming up. And the real truth is not enough people understand what it means when we say we'll leave no Americans behind. If they did, they'd be a lot more outraged about what happened in Afghanistan. We should be outraged every day what happened in Afghanistan. The 13 Americans who were killed the thousands who are left behind, the billions of dollars in weapons and rolling to remember it, don't forget it, because we've already forgotten it. You don't see that on the media. I hear the argument made, actually, by some of the Fox News people. We should be handling the problems at home. Why is everything focused on the Ukraine when there's so much going on here that we need to be fixed? The border problem, the military problem. Peace with strength. Do we have enough strength to keep the peace from here? The energy problem, the inflation problem, everything going on here. I get it. I get it. So let's not forget. Let's not forget that we need that strong military. That if we're going to have peace, we better have strength. That we better build it up. We better remember what leaving no American behind means. 
you know, the POWMIAs from the Vietnam War only shone the light. We shone the light on those POWs and MIAs from the Korean War. 8,000 from World War II, 80,000. We shone that light that was never shown. Nobody ever talked about it. I don't know, did they ever know about it? I don't even know. But until we created Rolling Thunder, until we created that demonstration right every single year, which this year will go on again on Memorial Day, Rolling to Remember, we cannot afford to forget. We need to keep alive the memory to honor those who gave their lives. The Gold Star families will be there. The moms, the wives, the dads, the husbands, the children. That's what Rolling to Remember is about. And I say this every year when I go to Washington, D.C. for Memorial Day. God bless Robert Patrick, who rides with me in this year. Mark Novot, a retired combat controller, CCT, will be riding with us. We go there each and every year. And to me, the Friday night candlelight vigil at the wall is the most important thing to be at. And I... Again, thank the AMVETs, Joe Cinelli, Jan Brown, all the people involved for continuing this, to keeping it alive, to making sure that we remember, that we never forget, that we always honor and respect those who are fighting all over the world and remember that we want to never leave an American behind. And we did that. We left them behind in Afghanistan just last year. This August will be a year, August 31st. Oh, my God. What are we doing by not talking about that? Why are we letting the media get away with that? We shouldn't do it. We shouldn't do it. Rolling to remember. Get ready. If you can join us, please join us in Washington. Look it up. Go on your you know, YouTube channel, Instagram. Go wherever you need to go. The AMVETs are doing a great job of exposing it. You can see it everywhere. Yeah, get out there and check it out. And if you could ride with us, that would be awesome. Bikers inside the Beltway, May 16th and 17th. The MRF, the Motorcycle Riders Foundation, is so important. I'm going to be talking about that some more. There is legislation pending. We're out there. We ride them all the time. We love what we do. We're being threatened every day, every single day. I'm not going to get into it. We've got a lot of other things going on. But, you know, the MRF fights for us in Washington, D.C. And every year they've got bikers inside the Beltway. It's right before rolling to remember. I've made it once or twice. It's going to be hard for me to get there because my ride to Washington is very important to me to go to Rolling to Remember. And who I ride with are people who are very important to me. So I won't be there, but I'm telling you, if you live in the area, the bike is inside the Beltway, the MRF. If you're not a member of MRF, if you ride a motorcycle, any motorcycle, you need to join. You need to get into that fight. I'm New York Mike. Yep. Truth, justice, and the American way. Roll Right Radio, thanks for being here. I'm out. Thanks for listening to the Roll Right Radio podcast. Listen, follow, and subscribe.
on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.